to the Hunting Dog Puller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and this is the place where we talk everything hunting dog and working dog related. We're just here to promote the sport that we love, so y'all buckle up, because you're along for the ride. Psalm fifty nine sixteen, But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Psalm fifty nine sixteen. Hey guys, we've teamed up with Light Boots. They have the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot ever made. They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S.com and they gave us a discount code for 10% off, THDP10. Y'all go check them out. Hey guys, while you're listening, please go leave us a like and a review on your podcast provider. Also, a quick shout out to thehuntingdogapparel.com. You can also find us on Facebook, The Hunting Dog Public. I have a YouTube channel, Outdoors in Moreland. Just check us out. I also leave links for those that y'all don't know in the descriptions of the podcast. That's where you can go and check all this stuff out. Thank you very much for tuning in and for your support. We're trying to grow this podcast. Leave us emails, questions, whatever y'all have. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. And today we're talking to Mr. Ducey to Cody. Mr. Ducey, how are you? I'm doing great, Cody. How about yourself? Good. I had a buddy ask me how you pronounce your last name. Can you pronounce your last name? Ducati. You don't want to use Ducati? I, boy, I'd have Ducati, I think. Look, man, I've been called everything from Ducat to Ducote to Ducati. You name it. I, I love going to a hotel and listen to them say my name, especially <laughs> if I go north. It's it's amazing. So it is Ducey Ducati. Yep, Ducey Ducati. Okay. All right, Mr. Ducey, tell us a little about yourself and where you're from. Well, I am 50 years old. I've lived in the central part of Louisiana my whole life. I was born around the Alexandria area, and when I was in the seventh grade, I moved to a little area called French Fork, Louisiana, which is right between Jonesville and Gina, and that kind of started my serious hunting days, and then since then, I've moved to the western side of Rapids Parish in Hinkston, Louisiana, and I've I've been here well over twenty years. Now is that Central Louisiana? Is that what you said? Yeah, not. And there's actually a town called Central, but we're in the central part of the state. We are we are dead center of Louisiana. Okay, so Alexandria is. I guess the the terrain I'm familiar with is mostly swamp. When I work down there, I work towards between Lafayette and 
Lavendale, if you know where that is. Oh, yeah. It was swamp. So what, what's y'all's terrain like? Well, it, it actually varies. Um, like where I tell you I grew up around French Fork, Louisiana, that's just what I call low ground. It's old clay ground, lots of buys, lots of sloughs, not necessarily swamp. We call it the swamp, but it's nothing like what, what you're talking about around Lafayette. Now, I still hunt a lot there. We have a camp there. We have a bunch of family land there. So that's that's my main place of hunting. So that's what we usually where we're usually at. But here at home, you got everything. You have huge hills. And when I say huge hills, we have some that I would register as small mountains. Uh <laughs> I know they're not, but but I mean there's some whoppers here. And then you might fall off a ridge and get in a bottom and it'd be three or 400 acres of just bottoms, just one after the other, all creeks run together. And, you know, maybe one main Creek through the middle of it. Um, before, before hurricane Laura hit here in 2019, I would say this was probably the prettiest part of the state to hunt in and the game was amazing. But since 19, we've struggled a little bit. Yeah, I heard y'all had a bunch of timber down. It's pretty thick. Yes, it's a it's it's a complete different kind of hunting nowadays. I mean, if you got a dog now that that goes that five, six, seven, eight hundred yards, or in your case, three or four miles, uh, <laughs> yeah, you you better have one that'll stay put because it's going to take you. You know, uh, Wade Hildebrand always told me it takes a minute to go a hundred yards, and that's pretty close. Yeah, but not here, not, not in these woods. Now it may take you an hour to go a hundred yards in some places, you know, it just kind of depends on where, where you're at. Now we're starting to get some rot, you know, from all of the hurricane stuff and it's getting steadily better, but it's still not great. It's a tough situation. I'm kind of going through that at my house. We had a tornado back. Yeah, I think it was April that got a bunch of the timber behind my house that I used to could walk through and tree squirrels in and now you can't crawl through it so I yeah, kinda... well it only gets worse for the next couple of years I can tell you yeah I know it those know. little red tip thorns become big red tip thorns <laughs> I'm just glad that it didn't get most of our, our public land or stuff like that like y'all are so, right right well Mr. Ducey did you start with squirrel dogs or kind of let's talk get into how you got into hunting dogs no I I grew up where, where I'm telling you I moved to the seventh grade. I guess you could say I, I probably didn't have but about four friends because we lived so far out in the country, and my mom and daddy was two of them. So it was <laughs> I lived literally four miles down a dirt road, and I was basically my only neighbor. Wow. So I stayed hunting from the time I was in the seventh grade till after I graduated high school every day and every night of my life. And uh, now we were not the traditional uh, coon hunters, but we hunted cur dogs back then. Of course, they were nothing like the cur dogs today. Um, so I guess I've always been affiliated with with a dog of some kind. And then about 2007, 2006, my uh, my boy was about I guess 10 years old, and we started talking about a squirrel dog because we hunted so much what we would do those fox squirrels we would ease out in january and february and we would sit still and we would spot one in a tree 
and I was probably 50 pounds lighter then, and we would break and run as fast as we could and get them hemmed up in a nest, and then we'd shoot them out the nest. And I said, it's, it's got to be something easier than this. So <laughs> we bought one little old dog, and, man, she made you nauseous just to look at her. And then uh, she was terrible, but she kind of got us kicked off. And then a buddy of mine called and said, you looking for a dog for that boy? And I said, I am. He said, I know where a five-year-old dog is. He said, uh, but he's real, real expensive. And I said, Ooh, what kind of money are we talking about? And you got to remember probably the only dog I'd ever bought in was a 30 or $40 dog. Everything I raised or had here. Yeah. And, uh, he said, the man wants $1,500 for him. And I said, $1,500. I said, that sucker must skin them and cook them and everything for you. <laughs> said, if you'll go look at him, you'll buy him for that boy. And I said, well, I'm going to go look at him. Guy named Sid Weatherford had him. And he, uh, I went down there to his house and he said, yeah, I want to get rid of old devil. He said, he food killed a couple hogs here at the house in the yard. And, uh, I, I don't want him fooling with my stuff. And I said, well, do you mind if we try him? And he said, no, I, I don't mind. And he cut him loose off the chain at his back door. And he went about 300 yards and fell treed through a field and fell treed. And that's where you ever see the fancy videos of dogs going through pastures, you know? Yeah. And uh, I said, wow, I've never seen that before. So I, we went down there and he had a squirrel. And he said, uh, let's cut him again. And he just caught him off the tree and said, he's going to hold devil. Let's go. Devil went about another 60 yards and treed again. And I, I couldn't stand it. I said, just, just put a lead on that dog. I don't let him go again. I want him <laughs> right now. And, uh, that, that started the squirrel dog buzz for me right there. So, so when you said you was a kid and y'all had, y'all did have cur dogs, was, was y'all using them? like we use them today or they were more or less was just yard dogs that kind of went with y'all they were kind of all in one dog those dogs were not the mountain curs they were actually they were catahoula type dogs and that's what we called cur dogs growing up you know and yeah. e every yard had five of them in there and you know we pinned a lot of cows and we uh hog hunted a bunch and hog hunted a whole different way where i grew up they didn't vote a stock law in until 1999. So, you know, we actually still drove and pinned hogs just like the old people did. I guess I'm telling my age, I guess I am one of the old people, but, uh, so they were just using dogs, but now those using dogs were, I say smarter than the types of dogs we use now, because you could pin cows with them at dinner and then go catch a boar hog right before dark and then turn around and go tree you three coons at, at nighttime, you know? And I think people use dogs more well, then than we do now. Well, they had the experience. Like most of the dogs that we hunt now only come out the pen to go hunting. That's right. I mean, they're not going to learn obviously how to pen cows and, uh, bark at strangers and stuff like that. If they sit in the pen all day. Cody, I don't even know when I was a kid, I don't know that I ever, saw a dog pen to tell you the truth you know everybody's dog stayed turned loose or if he bit he stayed on a chain you know and that then they used him to work him but that would be the only thing because them old dogs back then were grouchy 
And uh, if you saw one on a chain, you knew he'd be it. But everybody else's dog stayed in the yard all the time. Yeah, I'm. I can't say nothing. I'm still not real partial to them. I, I put mine on <laughs> underground fences and <laughs> everything else. I, I like to let mine out in the yard. I feel like it teaches them more. They, you know, it, it does. It, they learn when I say come here, that means come here. I don't care if you're in the yard playing with each other. You know, so. All right, so so we started. With, we got the devil. Uh, the the little dog that you bought, the little female dog. Did she last long, or she just wasn't the first one? Uh, the first one, she yeah. she got a she got a bad case of the sharps, and she didn't last long. <laughs> okay, all right, and uh, and uh, so old devil, you got him. You watched him go a couple of times, and you just couldn't stand it. He looked like a million bucks. Yeah, look, here's here's the bad part. Now you got to remember fifteen hundred dollars. I mean that I, I was making good money then, but I, I just never dreamed that any sensible person could give fifteen hundred dollars for a dog. So I bought him. We hunted him two or three days, and I asked the man because we were in the horse business, so vet checks were big for us. And I asked him, I said, "Do you mind if I get a vet check on him?" He said, "I don't care what you do on him." He said, if "You don't want him? I know I can sell him back." And I said, "Okay." So we hunted him about three days in a row there. And I think the first evening, I believe we killed 26 with him. And, uh, it just, it, he was unbelievable squirrel dog. And, uh, I took him to the vet like that Monday, maybe as a Friday at Monday, I took him to the vet. She said, well, he's got heartworms. And I was like, oh man. And I thought about it there for a little bit, you know, kind of being a country boy i can doctor a little bit of anything and i said you know what it's just money so i'm gonna that boy of mine was already loving it and uh so i called the man and i said the dog's got heartworms he said well bring him back i said no i'm gonna doctor him myself and uh i put him on a little old redneck trick treatment that i've always done for a dog that has heartworms and he lived to be 13, and he, I think he was five then, so he lived to be 13. So I guess we eventually got rid of the heartworms. Well, do you care to tell what that, or is that a secret? No, it ain't no secret. It's I'm an Ivermec man. I believe in Ivermec 100%, and what I, what I do if I know one or if I have one tested, and I'm not telling anybody to do this, but it works for me. I give him things a quarter of a cc of Ivermec and shut them up in a pen, and in two weeks later, I do it again, and I do that four times. And then after that, I move them to a half a cc for two times. And then after that, I just start giving them a cc a month. And, you know, I, I do understand that you can lose one that way, but I've never lost one that way. And I've, I've had a lot of people, you know, ask me, and I give them that, and it works. I mean, you know, as sure as I say this on a podcast, somebody's <laughs> going to do it and going to kill their whole the whole herd. But I, I've never heard a dog with it. We're not liable for your dogs if you Excellent. kill your dogs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you do this at your own will and it kills your dog, <laughs> call somebody else because we are not liable. That's right. But if you want the formula, call me. I'll give it to you. Now, are you a big vet man? Do you take dogs regular to get checkups or only when they – some people uh, hate vets and some people I'm more I am of a, not a vet man. I am, I am a, uh, I am a do it yourselfer and a lot of the old ways. And matter of fact, I will get to this in a minute, I'm sure. But 
I tried to have a dog AI'd one time. I had to go to a vet over here. And he told me after the first one that I, that I tried, he said, look, I'm just going to leave you the keys to the clinic. I said, do what? He said, it is apparent that you know more than I do about this kind of stuff. He said, so it's going to be on a Saturday morning. If you, I'll just leave the keys to the clinic and you can use everything and just lock it up when you leave. And I said, Oh, are you joking? He said, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm dead serious. And that's exactly what we did. We, <laughs> I used his vet clinic without him being there. Wow. So no, I mean, I'm nothing against the vet. I mean, I have to call them every now and then if I can't get my hands on some medicine or something, but I don't know. I just try to fix everything myself. <laughs> well, I want to get to that, but before we get there, so devil ended up being 13. What was, do you know, devil's pedigree? I think he came out of a, a dog named thunder lady or something like that. I, I can't, I don't know. That's, that's a popular name. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's the papers he had with some thunder lady pepper papers, but oh, I'm not okay. sure of that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, did you ever put devil in any competition or I did? Let me tell you, let me tell you, then here's what started the competition book. I think he was 10 years old. I, I think I'd have to get my, my years right, but we're going to call him 10 because he was real close. And a very good friend of mine, Jason Gunner, lives over here in a little town by me, a little community. And we're, we were hunting together every day and uh, literally every day. And he was going to some competition hunts and he had a little nice little jip named Alice and he was placing with her pretty regular. And me and him would, would, just pleasure hunt on the weekends and he'd say man won't you come to one of them hunts with me i said man i'm not about the competition part of it i i said i'm sure i'd get over there and somebody would do me dirty like they do in a coon hunt and i'd short out he'd go from there he said man it ain't like that just come try it so he planned us a weekend with his wife and my wife we went to lufkin texas and i brought old devil and Guess who I drew out with right off the bat? That would be the man I rode there with. So yeah. I, I felt pretty sure that we were going to be fairly tight in the hunt because our dogs kind of hunted tip for tat. And um, everybody was kind of chuckling at old devil there because he was so old. You had to help him in the truck and you had to help him out of the truck. He <laughs> he had done lost a lot, of, a lot of juice, you know, but he had a lot of miles on. How old was he at this time? I'm, I'm thinking 10. He was about 10 years old, roughly. Wow. But he was a hard 10 because we hunt, when we hunt, we hunt every day. And uh, so I, they was all kind of chuckling with him there at that hunt. And back then, the only hunts we had to go to were NKCs and a few OMCBA hunts, but very few around us at the time, mostly NKCs. So we drive to Lufkin, Texas to this hunt, and they're chuckling whenever I, let him out of the truck and we draw out and we uh whenever i get ready to put him back in the box i picked him up and set him in there and i could hear the talk about that old dog that old black and tan looking dog uh before it was over with i won second in the whole hunt and i uh randy stevens won it and you know that was all uh single draw hunt you did it wasn't full elimination yeah. and i didn't know randy stevens from adam then i knew he was hunting a feist and he won the hunt. And, uh, like I say, when I got there, I was a second high scoring dog and I had to help old devil out. And I was just looking through some pictures the other day and I saw that second picture. And I told them guys that day, I said, 
if y'all let me wear y'all out with an antique, I will be here next year and I will not sell for second place. And that was partially the truth. I went back three more times and three times I won that hunt over there. It, it, so, uh, oh, not with devil. That was devil's. I guess I may have made one more hunt with him and then that was it. I, I moved on to, I moved on to some other stuff that I had here and was raising. So, so would you say devil was kind of above, uh, ahead of his time? I mean, back in with what way above his time, as far as, you know, the style of dog back then, you know, that was whenever squirrel dogs did real good to stay on a tree over about a minute and their hunt was, you know, 40, 50 yards. And I'm sure there was always some exceptional dogs that went out, but he was, uh, yes, he was above his time. He, he, he was, he was, I'll tell you how smart he was. And I hate to tell this story. It's going to sound like a lie. When you roaded that dog, we got a lot of government roads over here and you could put him in a truck. And whenever he'd get to a crossroad, if you tooted your horn once, he'd go left. If you tooted your horn twice, he'd go right. And that's <laughs> that is no lie. That is a fact. And I, I didn't know that. The man that I bought him from, I guess, taught him that. I hunted him, rode him a good bit. And then, because uh, we rode in a truck over here, or yeah. used to. And uh, he told me that. I said, you're so full of bull. Well, sure enough, the next that time I took him, before it was over with, Cody, we was doing circles. I wanted everybody to see how that dog <laughs> got to go left and right. That dog didn't know which way to go, huh? <laughs> you just I'll you drop him off a hundred yards before the intersection just to show folks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. And I'll tell you one more devil story before we leave him alone. Um, now you got to remember when I tell you these numbers you're going to think, oh, yeah, right. But this used to be a squirrel heaven. I mean, before the hurricanes, it was amazing. And I, I had taken Devil a time or two before, and he would make a tree, and we would kill the squirrel, and he would rear back up on that tree and tree again. And it took me two or three times to figure out what the old dog was doing. If there was a double in there or a triple, he would tree until you killed all the squirrels or until you told him to come on. And one time, me and my son and uh, two friends of mine, uh, Steve Shook and Blue Bonnet, we call him, we went to some place, went to a place on the river up here. As far as I know, it had never had a dog in it because the first three or four that we killed, whenever the dog would bark, they would run out of the nest and run out of the holes and bark at the score at the dog. They hadn't, they, they were <laughs> clueless. And I mean, they were like low hanging fruit. And I have a painting of what I'm fixing to tell you. The man that was taking pictures that day took a picture of devil. We killed 16 squirrels in one tree and they were, and, and we let two get away. So there was 18 in the tree. And every time we would shoot one, old devil would rear back up on there ho 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 he would tree again and they would say there's no way there's another one and i'd pull vines and beat i don't think i ever fired a shot but it looked like a brass factory there from all the holes from us doing all the shooting to kill that many squirrels uh, and, and so he was that smart that he would actually i always tell everybody he could count he knew how many squirrels was in that tree wow that's that's wow 18 Man, most I've ever seen was six. Now I thought we was doing something. We yeah, were, well, 
that is doing something. I'm telling you, this is a rarity. And we've went back to that place several times. And every time that we go back, we'll kill two or three out of that tree. It's just a big old den tree and it's hollow all the way through big old tree. Now I haven't been since the hurricane, so I don't know if it's still there, but I guarantee you it's easy to find with a metal detector there. <laughs> that's funny. I tell you what, you know, that's that those memories last because I won't never forget that one. We was me and Brandon Lowry and Ty Ford and Gunner Treed. And, man, they said, pull them vines. There was a big old oak tree. And I went to pull them vines, and they started shooting. Man, them squirrels started raining down. I thought, you know, six. I said, good Lord. They, <laughs> they were falling everywhere. They were still shooting. 18 or, or 16, I couldn't imagine. Y'all filled the whole pouch up with one, yeah. one tree. And when you tell people that story, they're like, yeah, right. I was like, I would not tell you if it wouldn't have been four or five of us there. But it, it, was, it was as true as it gets. That's wild. Man, y'all y'all was killing two man limit with one tree. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's mm. that's right. Louisiana's eight eight limit, you know. Well, so so old devil was a good one. He get deep, get gone, stay put. Kind of spoiled you at the beginning. Is that what you would you say that? That's one hundred percent. He taught me what a good dog was. Been been looking looking for the same kind, or you you kind of adjusted what you're looking for in a dog since then. Well, well, I would always like to have devil back. I, uh, I went to another dog after him and it was some descendants of him. I, I bred to another cur dog and just stuff I had here. And I came up with my Macy Jip. Now, right this minute, let me see. Yeah. She's laying over there on her bed right in front of the recliner. And she does exactly what she wants to do here at any time, day or night. And I trained her and uh took me a while to get her to bark up she she would do a lot of treeing and that's before we knew you know that you were really supposed to hunt dogs by themselves so i kind of broke her with devil and then i noticed she started finding them ahead of devil but would wait for him to bark and one day a buddy of mine danny grant he raises a lot of dogs over here he's like you gotta you gotta start singling her out and uh the first time we singled her out the the kill was on i mean it, it was just it was like she knew she was by herself and had to do it and man i enjoyed her i'm still enjoying her she still hunt oh yeah i take her i take her with me everywhere i go now she don't i don't hunt her most places but i will coon hunt her a few times a year just just to make her think she's still the queen and um shoot last year i took her and my gracie jip one time now they were both i'm talking about huge pregnant i got a picture of uh max bonnet my kennel partner and cody pritchard my i guess you'd say my other kennel partner we took them two dogs and they were both big bellied pregnant and she actually beat gracie and that's that's not going to happen very often but it was one of them layup days and she she was the queen again that day. So I, I, every time I take her somewhere, I tell her, "Well, old girl, it's the last time you're gonna get to go." And she looks at me like you're a liar. So I guess <laughs> I'll probably take her a time or two until she dies. Why are you mentioning Cody? You can't get him off a of horseback right now, can you? Well, he's he's kind of getting the fever again. You got to watch Cody. He he he's liable to change on you from a cow man to a dog man in about seven seconds. Well, and. Has it been six six seconds or? Yeah, we're about six seconds right now. He bought a really nice horse from me, 
uh, a few months back and he's made a few ropings and made him a little money. And then, you know, all of us down here have some kind of dealings or another with Mr. J.W. McGee. Yeah. And last, uh, last year at the end of season, Cody hunted a, a jip named Chloe for him at, with him. Not, I mean, not really for him, but just hunted him and his J.W.'s dog. And he was going to take her to the world and something changed with Cody's job at that point. And that's about the time he, he left and didn't get to hunt her. But he told me the other day, she's the most, my kind of dog that I've ever hunted. So I think he and JW have spoke again. And I think Cody's going to get her back this year. Now, I don't know what kind of hunts he'll go to, but she is the right kind. If he goes to a hunt, most people will be sitting in second place. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad he's coming back around. Yeah, he's a cat now. <laughs> so let's now your Macy dog. Yes, sir. I'm always curious what makes people decide that if they got a good dog, why would you move on from it and start trying other stuff? If she, especially if she can still go now, what what made you decide to move on from her? Well, you know, Cody, I'm kind of that guy that more is better, faster is better, whatever it is. So I was really serious about the Macy Jip. And I was, I had started competition hunting a little bit then. And there's a couple things that she does that I didn't like because I hunted on a horse a lot then. And I got her where she could roll around a tree for you pretty good instead of staying locked on the tree. And that was kind of the devil's advocate you know it 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 made her take a minus or two in a hunt for getting off yeah but i'd made her do it you know before i really got serious in the comp hunting and uh so i had uh i don't even know i know how i acquired gracie but the time macy she was she was top notch here and then I, when I got Gracie was in April of 15th, April 14, 2015 is when she is born. And a, but a good friend of mine, Danny Grant gave her to me and, um, she, uh, I put her on a chain and whenever she was a little bitty thing and I, I kept, I kept looking at her, I said, you are the ugliest one dog that the Lord has ever made. <laughs> and I told my wife, I said, I'll never hunt her cause she's so ugly. And then there, I had her chained to a hickory tree. And every day, them squirrels would come over, and she would just go berserk. I mean, eyes roll back in her head, and I was like, you know, I may ought to try her. And I guess that was, she was born in April, so that was like uh, October, November. I cut her off the chain one day here. She had never been off the chain, had no handle on her, nothing. I can take you to the first tree right now that she treed. 25 yards behind my kennel. I killed it and six more that day with her and she had never been off a chain. So I said, I believe I got a natural. So about then Macy kind of started taking the back seat. <laughs> yeah. You get a young dog that the first time you take it, it's doing all the right stuff. It's Yes. And she could win them. I mean, she was the kind that would uh, stand on her back feet and spin circles and, you know, she knew they were there from day one and just, it, it took about, it took about 30 days and I was winning hunts with her. Wow. Now she's a smaller style dog, ain't she? Yeah. She's about, uh, well, right now she's probably 40 pounds, but she's really about a 30, 32 pound dog at most. Uh, you know, when she's in shape and she's 
very ripped up and cut up and whenever i started hunting her uh i can't just like hunt them i gotta i gotta go to the extreme i gotta treadmill them for two hours every day swim them jog them you name it i gotta do it and and her body tone really shows it i mean she is she's got muscles where most dogs ain't ever seen muscles and so it you know she she's a leaner type dog but but still round she's not what i call a hip bone dog so so you do the swimming also yeah a little bit i got i got three big ponds here on my place and i've done a little bit of the swimming but mostly i'm a treadmiller uh but we are fixing to set up a big swim here at my house me and max my buddy here we're fixing to set up a big a big swim across about a two and a half acre pond i have well i guess miles miller him and them over at jw's i don't well i don't really know where they're doing it at miles sends me snapchats of them swimming dogs right and i'm curious about it but in my mind that water's so hot i don't see how them dogs shed in the heat but now i guess there's something about the water i don't know yeah, I don't know, and it is hot right now. You know, I'm, I'll start treadmilling like uh, in September's when I'll really get going again, and I put two or three fans on each dog. I mean, I, it, it's hot on the dog right now. I, I I see like videos of you, and I'm like, God, that man's tough. I I just I can't make myself get out right now. Just about two hours ago, I finally had to go check on Macy and one of my puppies. They've been treed for over an hour and a half behind my house. And I, I went halfway to them and the thorns were so bad. I turned around and said, boy, y'all doing a good job. So it, it's too hot for me. And she, I mean, she just came in a little while ago, but she, she they, they stay treed here all the time. So I guess it's really not too hot. Well, I don't know. Yesterday, my son wanted to go and against my better judgment i said well let's go because he he we've got a little deal to where i let him ride his foiler and i ride the ranger which he wants to ride more than he wants to hunt well sure but that's the fun part i turn my old gunner loose and he goes in there a few hundred yards and kind of circles back into the wind gets treed and i had to walk in there because i don't want my son walking into where i was at because it's real snaky pulled him off a tree and cut him he didn't go as far as I'd liked him to went. He went probably 60 yards. I I wasn't real happy with that. I wanted him going farther. And uh, anyways, they were squirrely looking trees, but I can't find them here by myself. These trees is 80 foot tall and viney and green. It got so hot that I said, man, I'm afraid to stick this dog back in the box because I, I, know. I run a back windshield and there ain't no air coming around that box. So I let him sit in the seat because I, I was afraid. Man, I couldn't hardly breathe. I said, man, I, I just can't stick this dog after he's made three trees in this box. So I'm not that tough. Well, I don't know that I'm that tough. I just might be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I was your age, Cody, I might would have done it. I'm not going to lie. But now at uh, 50 and 225 pounds, I, I don't. I really don't have the desire to get out there and fight that heat like that. I mean, I do it every day because, you know, I'm in the hay business. Yeah. But that that's not a – it's a different it's a different heat from when you're walking. And I think last week we, we broke a record here. I think we had 23 days over 100 degrees in a row. That's just too hot for me. I, I don't I don't enjoy it that much. It, it 
It really is. But the, the problem I've got is I'm sitting here thinking if I'm not doing it, somebody else is. But the problem I've That's got right. is, is the other somebody's aren't having the weather that we're having. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's in the seventies and eighties, just because it's a 70, a hundred here, don't mean it's in a hundred there or whatever. That's, you know, I, and I've always said the same thing about like, uh, in the competition hunts, you know, you can start, I guess, what in September. Yes. Sir. I think that's right. That's when you can start back on most of the hunts and you get up there and, and, Ohio and you know even Tennessee and you know places up there and I, I'm not bashing nobody by any means they they have a longer it, it might be hot there to them but here at 90 degrees and 90 percent humidity I mean it would kill some of them boys you know and some of them hey like Tom Smith that's one tough cat I, I he judged a cast for me in, in Mississippi at the pro hunt two years ago and I was like, you know, that's before Tom lost all that weight. I was like, that is one tough man to be from up north. And e even though it was wintertime and be able to hang with us down yeah. here walking, you know, it, but it, it's still a difference. That temperature and that humidity is different. It and is. they, my point is they can have so many more hunts than we can. You know, really, we don't even need to have hunts here till December. Well, I'm hosting one September 30th, uh, you know, but here's my problem if my dog sits over a tree i'm not against withdrawing just because it ain't worth i went in the division hunt for me to freaking run my dog kind that's of right depends but you know it is what it is i can see somebody spending driving four or five hours and they don't want to give up i can see that so it's a lot easier for me at home that's right so let's get back to gracie so okay gracie's i would call her a yellow dog correct She's yellow, yep, yellow, ring neck, all chromed up. Yep, and she, I've seen her papers. What's she out of? She is out of a dog named Grant's Betty, and that David, uh, Danny, Danny Grant owned her, and she's out of a jukebox dog, and I want to say his name is Buster. I'm fixing to tell you right here. Yeah, Johnson's Buster, which goes back to Punk. Pon poncho's jukebox and uh that's one generation off of ghetto's jukebox but she has a lot of the duff's bob in her and yeah. I, I really I, you know i can't say i've ever hunted with duff's bob that was before my time of hunting but i if you watch the internet i post all the time i'm always looking for something with that duff's bob cross in it because she's probably got duff's bob three or four times on her papers and from what i see and her foot speed and all i really like that and I, I would love to find some more of it it's just it's kind of going away it's a thing of the past now uh for, to my understanding which granted y'all don't come with pitchforks and 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 torches trying to burn my house down but that's more of an old school bred dog correct it Not is like that's down correct. here in the south I, it's a bred a lot like it's not a lot like mine but it has some of the same dogs in there that that's exactly right and you know that's when you had a lot of the uh, you can look on like on her papers and you see some names that i i would assume they were kimmer names like uh matter of fact i'm looking at them right now clement's yellow gal uh hickman's yellow bob 
you know, it okays, Bob. I'm sure I, I, I'm not saying that's Kimmer dogs, but I think it is. So I think that's more of whenever the Kimmers and the OMCBA dogs were all tied in together. Because, like you say, that is more of the older type breed. There. And it kind of, where I see a lot of these dogs are more down here in Louisiana, Mississippi, this area. You know, you, you see more than northern dogs of the, the jukebox and the, and the, what am I looking for? Thunder Sports. Thunder Sports. Yeah, that. that's right. They're, they're more that's of a, right. there's a bunch of that down here. But I'm just saying, you see more of the. I hate to say it, I, I guess you just call them outback squirrel dogs that were were really good that just kept reproducing, and people, I guess, just got what was close because the internet wasn't. That's right. There was friendly. no internet. You you knew somebody. Yep. You know, you knew a guy that had a squirrel dog, and that's really back then. I don't even think people really cared about papers. Yeah. So that it's kind of funny how now people will drive ten hours, which they know that there's a good dog up there you know back then it was my neighbor has a nice dog it's out of this and you know it is yeah. what it is so but speaking of gracie okay we've got a we've got it planned to breed my dog to gracie correct yes we do and uh i think they ought to make the right kind because what she needs a little bit of mine's got a little more than he needs of it that's and, right. And uh, I hope we can make them some nice puppies. I hope you're right. And I, I believe that uh, if somebody don't put their eye on those puppies, they're going to be crazy. I'm I'm hunting. I'm, I'm actually hunting too many puppies out of her right now. And it's keeping me busy just last last fall and this past winter. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I try to never brag or boast, but... I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's on my mind to either win a world hunt this year, a junior world hunt or be in the real tough competition. Cause I've got, I've got one puppy off of her now that I call him dub. His name is JW and, uh, he's off of her and my razor dog. And so far he, he turned a year in June, I think June 24th. He, he has exactly what we're going to be looking for with the gunner Gracie cross. Gracie is a dog that in the NKC days, uh, once again, this is one of those unlikelies. I scored over a thousand points with her in three different hunts and with different judges. So it wasn't like I was just, you know, whipping yeah. scorecard to death. Wow. And, but she's one of those very fast footed. If the squirrels are 20 yards apart, she's going to treat them 20 yards apart. And might go up to 400 yards, but after that, that's that's her that's her distance. She's she's not going over that. And um, then I crossed her on this razor dog of mine, and I think he probably has a pretty good reputation for liking to go at least two states over most of the time <laughs> when you cut him loose. Yeah. And uh, and these puppies are doing the exact same thing. They're treeing a lot of squirrels. They're real fast, and they can get 600 pretty fast far from you well that's uh i think the only difference well obviously he's uh he's a little razor's a bigger dog ain't he yeah he's a he's to me what i call a really big dog uh probably 47 or 8 pounds something like that maybe maybe 50 pounds yeah so gunner's gonna be 34 pounds he's probably a little over 19 inches tall but 
he we better never let no grease get on those puppies is all i can tell you because we'll never put our hands on that sun gun i tell you this i hate to brag about my dog but he's gonna go that's one thing i will give him well if we can put that in gracie's accuracy and and speed we will i'm telling you we're gonna have some more natural killers well i'm excited about it i mean that's that's what I'm going to start pushing here in the near future. So that, I'm excited about that. We plan on doing that when she comes in in January. So, Hey, guys, if you're in the market for a new pair of boots, head on over to coonhuntersupply.com. Check out the Razor Chaps. Razor has teamed up with Yoder Nylon to make some of the best chaps on the market. If you want durability with the chrome to go with it, look no further. Whether you need boots and chaps, pouches, or just apparel. Razor is your one-stop shop for it all. Head on over to coonhuntersupply.com or give them a call at 574-328-0856. Thanks. Uh, Let me ask this question since you over the puppies. Are you going to keep them all or what's your plans with them? Oh, I figure I'm going to work some kind of deal out with that fella that has that stud dog. I bet I bet we take care of each other on that. Well, I'm talking about like uh <laughs> are we gonna Oh, you talking about puppies. these older puppies. Yeah. I'm I'm keeping this dub puppy and I have a I have a litter mate to him that I call Pearl Haggard. And she's a black coal would leave a white spot on her. She's that black, pretty shiny color. And when I kept her, I had no no interest in all at hunting her. I was going to just uh, keep her to replace Gracie because, you know, Gracie's a 15 model. She's not she's not a baby anymore. Yeah. And to keep some of that blood around, I was just going to use her for a brood chip. But uh, about two weeks ago, I guess, I've had to shut her up. She stays treed all day long now. And she's got just plum poor from staying treed. So I keep her shut up now. So I guess I, I can't do her any injustice. I'm going to have to hunt her some. And then now I also have two male puppies. I turned around and crossed her right back on the same cross. And these puppies were born, uh, I think the 26th day of January. So I got two pups this year and they're male pups both brental both nice looking puppies and um so i'm gonna have to do something with them so i'm i have a job where i'm very flexible in the winter and i can hunt a bunch uh, a whole bunch so i figure i'll get those two started and i'm I'm probably sell one of them or maybe both of them as a started dog Are, are they doing anything yet or you just hadn't started messing with them well i where i'm at cody i live at the end of a dead end road and I, I get to leave dogs out a lot. Uh, like Macy stays out all the time unless she's in heat. And I usually keep like uh, that Pearl dog. She's year, a year and a couple months old. And then I'll keep a puppy out. And yeah, I know we're not supposed to hunt dogs together, but as they're babies, I let them, uh, I let them start treeing here and start doing. And a while ago when Macy was back there treed, the one of the, I call him Hangman. Hangman was with her. I could hear him in there just yeah. every breath. And uh, so, yeah, they, they kind of, I let them start kind of natural here and then we'll start fine tuning things as they get going. So both of them are doing a little bit right now. One of my buddies, Shane Mason, 
he's got a friend named Jared Hughes that got a dog out of that cross, and supposedly he really likes him. So yeah, and so does Brandon Lowry. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Lutz has one. Um, and I, I last I talked to Brandon, he was tickled to death, and I'm probably telling his secrets. He told me that he was kind of keeping him on the down low to this year. He he really likes him, but really I, I hadn't talked to him in a few weeks. So yeah. I, I think they're going to make, I think they're going to make the right kind of dog. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and that's only encouraging for me because if she's a known reproducer and then both sides, I mean, mine actually has a little duff bob in him, but, uh, you know, that, that, uh, both sides of mine seem to reproduce early starters. So maybe we can, uh, maybe we can hit the jackpot. We might retire on this litter, Cody, between me and you, we might just, we might be able to call it quits forever. I, you know, I, I think uh, really and truly for me, that's my style of dog. They're both small dogs that move around fast and tree squirrels. That's kind of what I'm looking for. That's kind of it was a perfect match for me. So, but let's. Uh, so Gracie, we talked about her a pretty good bit. She won NKC hunts. Uh, she won some state hunts, correct? Yeah, I've won. I actually have a room for Gracie here at my house. I call it the Gracie room. It's my hunting room, and I've got I've got plaques from everything in the world because that's what we hunted for. Then was plaques, you know. And then whenever the NSD got really going good, and I say going good, it was probably going good before it got here. But that's kind of what we transitioned into was was the well, let me back up a little bit. We hunted some OMCBA hunts, and like with Gracie, I, I championed her out. As a matter of fact, I championed her out in NKC in three hunts because that's how many it takes. You have to have whatever points and a win, so I did it in the first three hunts. Yep. And then I championed her out in OMCBA in two hunts. And since then, she's grand champion, I, I guess, everything but coon and it's just because i don't coon hunt i'm kind of scared of the dark uh so i don't do a lot of coon hunting but uh everything else she made at least champion and grand champion at most and i may be wrong but i think in nkc she's super grand champion i believe i'm not positive of that but i think she is uh, but whenever the nk the the shoot nsd hunt started she would go out there and she could wear them out in that first round. And then in that second round, she'd look plumb dumb. You know, she'd never get 50 yards from me. And that's just because that's how I hunted her. You know, when she was a young dog, I, I could not stand the, the thought of a lion dog. I was kind of like Jerry Clyer. You know, I didn't like no lion dog. And <laughs> if she lied, she got educated. And yeah. to this day, you're not going to make her make what I call empty trees, you know, uh, on those dead days where a lot of dogs are making den trees or, or whatever we want to use the code words to call them trees that don't have squirrels in them. I call them slicks. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, that was my way of saying it nicely. Or circle uh, trees. I don't know. I've started, <laughs> I've called them circle trees here lately, but. Well, she, she is not a circle tree dog. She, she was, was, is not at all a circle tree dog if she barks you uh you can take your your safety off and you're going to get to shoot year before last on the last day of the season in mississippi 
she made 14 trees and we killed 16 squirrels. I said, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Back to that, I was getting my butt kicked in the, in the midday round. So I, I whined about it for, I don't know, probably a year or two. And once again, Cody Pritchard said, look, dude, it's never going to change to where you can win and not have circle points. I said, but I, I like a squirrel dog. He said, it don't matter what you like. The, the hunts are evolving away from that. And if you're going to, if you're going to be a contender in any way, you're going to have to get something that can make some slick trees. And I said, okay, I'll breed for it. So I tried, I'm going to say two or three years to breed the gold, gold tooth to Macy and Gracie and nothing wrong with anybody, but the logistics of getting semen shipped and all that, it just, it never worked for me. Uh, let's just leave it at that. It never, it, it never, I never had good luck with it. Uh, Marty always went above and beyond trying, but it just, it didn't work. So I said, I, I'm not doing that. So I went to pick a dog up for Cody. He owned the, um, Oh, Eric, the sting dog that Eric Wally has. I think I oh, forgot what his name yeah, was. I didn't know Cody had that dog at one time. Oh yeah. He got him from Pappy, Pap, what are, what's his name? Oh, that owns, oh, my mind just went blank, Cody. That's that senior moment. Huh. Um, Festus, who owns Festus? Oh. Glenn Rogers, right? Yep. Glenn Rogers. Mm-hmm. Okay. He got him from Glenn Rogers and then. Uh, the Carroll boys owned Razor at the time. And so Cody was going to work and asked me to go meet at Brad Goodman's house and swap the dogs there. And, and I did, and I asked a few questions about Razor while I was there and had no idea that I was really interested in him, like zero idea. Cause I knew he was probably priced way out of my range and I got home and I was going to keep him there at the house until Cody came back off the rig. And let's just say he's never been to Cody since then. He, uh, <laughs> I, I ended up with him. Cody said, hunting. And I hunted him one day and I was like, I despise this kind of dog. I hate this kind of dog. And then I got to thinking, well, dummy, you got the factory right there. So I love raising puppies. That is that I love that actually nowadays probably more than i do hunting i love playing raising puppies and having them so i was like you know what when i did some calling and i called where the dog originally came from and you know he he swapped hands a hundred times and to me for lots of money you know he sold for over twenty thousand dollars i know four times and now i can tell you old tightwad here didn't have that kind of money in him but uh, it worked out good for Cody and it worked out good for me. And, um, uh, I've had razor here, I guess, I guess this is my third year to have him, I believe. Now and he throws some dark puppies, very dark. And, and it's odd to me. Like, I think most of them out of that Gracie, which is a yellow dog cross on a, he's a black dog, correct? Yeah, he's, he's a saddleback dog. Okay. Well, most of the puppies were black, wasn't they? Yeah, it, it's it's really hard to knock that black gene out of a dog. You know, it's kind of like a horse. It's it's hard to do away with a red gene like a sorrel. You know, it, it, it carries good. And he's, he's, I don't know that he has had 
a yellow puppy here that I've bred him to. I don't, I think everything's been dark colored, brindle or black or, you know, some, some saddleback farm or something like that. Uh, in my mind, I want another saddleback dog just like him. So I've bred for it several times and even bred some, uh, tree and curs and got them, but that's, I'm not kennel blind. I'm not, I'm not sold on any dog, but I like a cur dog. So I wouldn't keep one because they wasn't cur dogs, but I've not had any luck getting a saddleback dog out of it. Most everything's black or black. She does put a lot of the white on them. They'll, they'll be chromed up really nice. Now, have you bred her to anything besides Razor? Yeah, I bred her when she was, um, I guess she was five years old. I bred her to a Buffalo River Sam and jukebox dog. And what color were them puppies? <laughs> it's funny you ask. I had a blue one out of the bunch. I had uh yellow. I, I'm gonna call her a fawn colored dog, yellowish, bluish tint. I had brindle dogs, and I had uh, a red puppy, solid red. Now where that came from, I have no clue. <laughs> so just a mixture. It was it was like nothing was the same in them, and uh, I tell you what, they all made squirrel dogs though. Every every one of them did. That that's so odd to me. Most of the time, when you see yellow dog, it mostly throws yellow dogs. It sounds like she's I, don't throw a lot of yellow dogs. Yeah, and her mama was just as yellow as they possibly come, and I don't know what color her daddy was. I bet he was a yellow dog because he's a jukebox dog. You know, not all the jukebox dogs are yellow or red, but but a lot of them are. And, you know, most I, I always say you can spot them from them ring necks usually. And uh, But she does put a ring neck on a lot of puppies, but mostly blacks and brindles. Huh, well, that's odd in my mind coming from a – dog of that color yeah so you got razor would you say you liked hunting a dog razor style over a dog that's gracie style now absolutely not okay absolutely not now i'm not going to tell you i don't enjoy razor uh he's fun and then he's fun to when you got him hunted up he's hard to beat uh and you know we all know that, or he wouldn't have won a lot of the stuff he had before I got him when he was in the what I call real big hunts. But uh, he's the dog that if you you don't feel like hunting all week, and you know that you're coming to a, a rainy, nasty weekend with the wind blowing, you you're probably going to be sitting at the pay window because uh, he's gonna he's gonna tree you four or five slick trees, and he's gonna have you a squirrel or two in there somewhere. And like this past year, we had the LMC Pro Hunt here, and we had the uh, LMC State Hunt. And I hunted him nine days in a row before those two hunts. And every day he was getting more and more honest, more and more honest. We was knocking a few squirrels out to him. And uh, that first day, man, he shined. I, I forgot. Oh, I know who beat me. Uh, Brandon Lowry. I think, I think no. I don't remember who it was. Maybe Brandon beat me the first day. I think it was. And then he went on to win that hunt. And, but we looked at several squirrels on all of us. And then the next day in the state hunt, old Razor, he was just, I mean, he was a squirrel dog. He, he treed squirrels in every round. And, uh, I, the, the last round he, uh, I think we looked at 
two squirrels in maybe five minutes with him. Well, Brandon, I called Brandon, and he told me, he said, man, that song I put on a show. He said it was thick where y'all was at or something. Terrible. Blow down. He, he said that they y'all turned loose, and Smack ain't never seen nothing like that. He was trying to get through that thicket, and Razor done blew up tree and had a squirrel. And then you turned him back loose, and Smack's still trying to get through this stuff. Razor done treat another one. He said, y'all treat two squirrels, and Smack ain't got 100 yards through that thicket. And said, <laughs> he said, look, I, good job. I'm done. Seen all I want to say. I have to brag on Brandon Lowry. I didn't know Brandon from Adam. I mean, I knew him. I'd, I'd, I'd talk to him on the phone and, you know, internet talk to people. But uh, – Brandon was probably the best sportsman that I've ever been on that hunt because, and I knew he had a long, long drive. And look, we all know when you're two squirrels down in five minutes in a hunt, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. It's hard to come out of that, especially in this terrible conditions that we had here and it's getting better. But, you know, first of all, to see two squirrels in our woods right now, or then was great, much less within five or 10 minutes, you know? And when Brandon, when I went to cut him loose off of that second tree, Brandon said, don't turn your dog loose. And man, I got all hot inside. I was like, Oh, I did something wrong. We fixing to have a problem in the woods. <laughs> and he looked at me and shook my hand. He said, congratulations. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm going to withdraw smack. Let's go back out. And we wasn't 200 <laughs> yards from the road. And I was like, well, I just won the dang state hunt. It made me feel good, you know. He told me but, that 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 gum that was impressive. He said that he put on a show. And the first round, he did better than that round. I had uh, Clifton Robinson and Mr. Walt Shriver. And I accused old Cliff of trying to DQ me every Every time, Razor's a little mouthy sometimes. He'll, he'll bump a tree a couple times, not like barking on the track. But if that baby barked twice, Cliff would say, let's put the three on him. i like, Cliff, he ain't even <laughs> running good yet. <laughs> yeah. But we looked at three or four squirrels, if I remember right. I may be wrong, but I can't remember stuff like that. But we looked at several squirrels back-to-back with Razor, and he had two or 300 circle in there. So he, he did good. But he's starting to show his age now. You know, I think he's nine years old. So, so, so are you going to try to get you – Another dog, uh, obviously you said these puppies, but you kind of said that you like hunting puppies. Are you, are you going to, let's see how I want to word this. Are you going to get one of these dogs and keep them for now on, or are you going to yes. push them in the hunts and sell them and start over? This, this one dub puppy I got here, he's not leaving here unless somebody gets crazy. And um, when I'm talking about crazy, it, it would be several Ben Franklins for him to leave here and you know, you talked about Jared Hughes. Jared seen him hunt. I, I put a lot of time in a puppy. A good friend of mine, oh, when I was a kid, he taught me a whole, whole lot about about dogs. And his name's Travis Brister. Has nothing to do with a hunting dog, just dog man in general. So I can fool with a dog and make him do a lot of stuff. And I started putting a lot of time in this dub dog. And Jared was going to have a... I think it was an LMC hunt in May this past year. And uh, it ended up being just me and him and uh, Max Bonnet. Max hunted my razor dog, and I hunted the dub dog. and He hunted his bow dog. And the the only live squirrel we saw in the hunt was from dub. And 
and and he was a baby then you know or what 10 months old something like that eight months uh, 11 months old i guess he would be and um he he's a squirrel dog he is a real squirrel dog so I, i'm planning on pushing him and i'll tell you the main reason i want to push him because i don't care if it's off of my dog or your dog or whoever's dog but once again cody pritchard always gives me time a hard time about well that fella whoever he is has this stud dog that he's pushed and pushed and pushed for three years and charging people four and five hundred dollars and he must not think much of him because he ain't even hunting one out of his own dog and i cannot stand when somebody puts that on me it's kind of like i dare you know i'm the or else guy so i'm that guy that's gonna hunt one off of him and and i think i've picked the right one he i think he's gonna be a winner i'm i feel sure he is well I'm going to be 100% honest w- with you. I, I wouldn't even consider him breeding my dog for several more years. I've heard all the horror stories about they change and this and that. And I've turned down quite a few people that, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that. You know, I've turned down people that I wasn't interested in breeding him, and I wasn't. But Chris Knight's tank dog dying in three days. Right. Scared me to death. Yep. Because... You always think you got time, but every time you turn loose a hard-going dog, whether it be in the road, on somebody's property that gets shot, uh, a snake, he could be run through there and fall and break his neck. I mean, I don't know. But every time you turn him loose, you take a chance. And if I wait till he's four or five, I mean, you just never know. You know what I mean? I, I agree 100%. And, you know, that's like this male puppy of mine. I'm not going to breed him for a while because I still have, I still have the factor. I still got the daddy and I'm going to have him collected or I'm <laughs> tight wide again. I'm going to collect him and bring it to a facility and have it froze, have me some semen froze off of him here. Just as soon as it cools off, I've got everything here to do it and ready. But I, I'm like you, I, I, I don't like the idea of breeding a young dog, but then again, I don't like losing them neither. And if you have them, you're going to lose them. Well, Kind of like, I guess, my buddy Lee Langley, he, he hunts his stuff and, uh, you know, off of his stuff. And, I mean, you can't fault him. He's He breeds stuff that he wants to hunt. That's right. You know, I, I'm not breeding mine just to breed him. I'm breeding him because I want something off of him. That's right. So, and, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Cody, I, when I bought Razor, I'm a numbers nut. Everything has to, map, has to work out on numbers or I'm not doing it. And when I figured out what I had in him, I was like, oh, my God, I, I have to breed him. I, I got I, I to gotta breed some gyps, and I did. And then I bought me several gyps and just gyps, but all of them off of some good dogs. You know, I I am the guy that, that thinks the one that you grab out of the back of the kennel has the same potential as a 10-time world champion on top of a 10-time world champion. I truly believe that. I believe it's whose hands they get in and – how much time is spent with them. Uh, I think that's the main key. I always tell everybody, you give me a Doberman Pincher and a Schnauzer, and you're going to pay me the right money to hunt them for about 90 days, I'm going to have you some tree dogs. I promise you. And but whenever, So that's why I kind of went to all different kinds of gyps. You know, I, I've crossed him on a lot of stuff. Um, there's a guy up in Kentucky that got one – uh, I see his name every day on Facebook, but I can't think of it right now. I will in a minute. 
and he sends me videos all the time of these puppies. We've got some in Florida right now. Uh, Walt Shriver sent me some videos off of one, and it was on Facebook of in Mississippi this weekend or Georgia this weekend. So we're getting them out there off of this dog, and I've crossed him on everything. You name it, I've crossed it on. And, yes, I did it to pay for him, but, yes, I did it for my own dogs too, and, and I like to better my own dogs. I just like the idea of knowing personally that both of them are good squirrel dogs because I think in the end that gets people hyped up. They give them more of a chance instead of being like, well, the mama wasn't good or the daddy wasn't good. At least if both parents are good, the hype's there. If they see this dog going on Facebook, they're like, man, my dog could be like that. Even though yeah. they could have two – I mean, you could have technically – Two cur dogs bred at the freaking pound, and if a dog, if they got tree in them, and you know you worked them hard, like you said, yeah, you know what else causes people to be excited, and and a lot of people are going to get mad when they hear this, but it's the truth. The price of a puppy causes people to get excited. Yeah, they ain't they ain't gonna call one or give one away that costs money versus one that was given to them. You you get a three hundred dollar puppy, and and look, I sell a lot of puppies for three hundred dollars. And they're off of something that maybe I just, that's maybe really Hummer backed up onto this Razor dog, which is a Hummer dog. You know, a lot of people like those lime bread Hummer dogs. That's great. And you get $300 for them. And then you sell them, everything's good. Well, when I raise them Gracie puppies, my motto is I'm going to sell them for $800. And if they don't sell, I'll keep them right here. I, I, I got a feed sponsor that sponsors me every month. I can afford to feed feed. And whenever they're a year old, they'll bring a lot more than $800. And, you know, I, I've had luck with the people that's bought them off of her. They're like, you know, oh, man. And you, you see they're spending time with them. And that, that's the main thing, spending time with them. What kind of feed you feed? What are we talking about? Oh, I feed Showtime feed. Showtime feed. Is that the gray yeah. bag? I do feed the gray bag. It's a 3122. Um, I, I'm as redneck as they come here at my house, I sell about nine tons or 10 tons a month, literally out of my barn. And I tell you how it works here. We run an honesty system. I have uh, two connexes that I fill dog feed up with and I have an honesty box and you come by and get your feed and throw the money in the box. And when we start running low on feed, I go cash in and, pay my dog feed man and get another load hauled in. And I, I don't know that anybody's ever beat me out of a dime. Um, it works good. It's, it's great for us. That's pretty special there. You got people getting good feed and you ain't having to go to these big box stores is just giving you money away or whatever. So let me tell you, Cody, my, my kennel partner here, Max Barnett, the other day, I said, a dog feed man's coming down. I need to go get the cash out of the box. And, uh, count and count it now we live when i say rule we are very much in the woods well i opened that box and i got me a paper sack and i shoved all that money in i said come help me count this and he's like help you count it he was thinking like it'd be a couple hundred dollars in there it was twelve thousand seven hundred dollars in that box he said i am so mad at you knowing that this <laughs> has just been sitting out in your barn with a padlock on it with a screw holding the box on i said well I guess if they're going to steal, they, they, they could get that, but there's a lot of other stuff they could get here. And uh, it works good for us. 
Showtime takes care of me. Showtime uh, also is very much involved in hunting dogs. Uh, now they're more in the running game and the uh, hog pens, but I mean they're still yes. dogs. I mean they're they're dog working dogs. So their uh, supplier that I buy from his name is GW Sun. And he has a hog dog that they do in the uh, the bay pens, and I think his name's Hand Grenade, and I think he's world champion there. He's won a lot. And when I was getting my deal with him this year, I said, "Look here, by the end of February, I will have you plenty of pictures because I'm going to every young dog hunt that they have, and I'm going to be hunting a young dog in every old dog hunt they have." And I guess you could say I sign with them and they take care of me every month. They're good people. That's pretty cool. You know, we had, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. He, he owns goose. The, I don't know if you ever oh, heard yeah. of that. Yeah. I, I listened to y'all's podcast. Man, with. I ought to have my, my rear end kicked. I know his name. I just can't think of it, but they, they go them being them pins over there, them bands. And he does pretty good also. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. Uncle Earl's over at Uncle Earl's. That's right here in Winfield, Louisiana. That's 60 miles north of me. Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, while we're talk- one in the world. While we're talking about hunts, you're having a pro hunt coming up. I am. It's going to be, I think, uh, I, I know I'm on the spot. I think it's November 17th and 18th, I believe, off the top of my head. I believe is what it is. It's going to be a LMC nine dog pro hunt. So... I guess you, along with everybody else, have seen the drama behind the pro hunt rules. What do you think about them? Well, to tell you the truth, I love them. Uh, I I think we're all in a sport that is uh, we, we we go to what we call squirrel hunts, and I love it. I wish it would go to the division hunts. Uh, you don't know how many times I've had my butt kicked by circle points now i understand that there has to be a way to advance i completely understand that but i love the idea of of a squirrel hunt well <laughs> i have been ragging several people chris knight brendan larry about uh <laughs> about this and they're eat up with they don't you know a lot of it, it blows my mind that a lot of people don't like it and they're under the assumption of if their dog is getting treed more than my dog, it's doing more of the right thing. And and I can understand that. And they use legitimate arguments. They use the arguments of, well, if I've got 300 plus and 100 circle and you've only got 300 plus, my dog should win. And I said, well, my problem is, is that's not normally the case. If that was the case, they wouldn't ever change it. That's correct. And, and, you know, they just keep on and keep on, you know, if my dog trees 500, got 300 plus and 200 circle and yours has, you know, whatever. And I just, they keep on and keep on with that scenario. And I'm like, man, if that was the case, I agree. Your dog should beat mine because if he's treat three and he misses one or it's in the hole. Yeah, it probably had, but we didn't see it. Right. And you know, it gets me Cody about the, the, the circle point deal especially early hunts, uh, um, you know, September, October in Louisiana, you still have leaves on in November most of the time. So early and then whenever you have these, I, I should never use the word tree monster, but dogs that, that really 
are aggressive and like to tree a lot. What happens if you got a squirrel dog and that dog gets in there 500, I don't care how good of a mouth he has, anywhere from 500 to a mile, you know, it's iffy if you're going to hear one. If he's over a, a hill down in a bottom and he's 500, he may sound like he's two miles from you, you know. And yeah. you get these dogs that they they score the tree. They're slobber mouth tree dogs, which we all like. Everybody likes a slobber mouth tree dog. You're, you're, let's say, 900 in there, and you're trying to listen and listen, and you catch a glimpse of your dog about after you've done done your 30-second walk-off. They cut loose, and they go another 40 yards and fall treed again. There's nothing wrong with playing the game to win it, but it makes it hard on that dead loner that's going to get in there five or 600 and have the meat. You're not ever going to get to hear it because chances are there's another dog treed and you just hadn't got to hear yours yet, you know, so I, I like it. Well, and, and if they do have the meat and they've been there for 10 minutes, they probably ain't still going to have the meat. That's right. You know, I mean, I've I've argued that, and which, either way, you know, some people say they don't like it and they don't like the rules, and I say, well, I don't really like the rules now, but I'm hunting them, so. Right. That's right. I mean, it is what it is. I I hunt the style of dog I, I hunt because I like that style of dog. I want when I walk to a tree, I want my dog. I plan on seeing a squirrel. I want my I want to plan on seeing a squirrel. And I see so many people that's just okay with not seeing squirrels. Yep. And, it's it's the common now, Cody. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I've equated it to we can take all the hooks off these fishing lures and start throwing lures <laughs> out there and counting bites. And they don't like that equivalent, but you know. You know, when it, when the, when the rules came out, I heard people talking about hound haters and all that. I'm in no way that way. I, I know, I know, let's look at Tom Smith's Cleo dog. Or, ain't that her name, Cleo? That's it. She's a squirrel treer. She is a squirrel dog. Every dog in that pedigree is squirrel dogs. It's, that's not the dogs that I think people are bashing. It's the ones that when you cut them loose, they go 40 yards in tree. And I mean, that's man-made, 100% man-made. It's, it's, it's hard to beat that dog. Even having a squirrel, it's hard to beat that dog because a lot of times you'll never get to your dog in, in 90 minutes. Well, that, I mean, there's a lot of really nice dogs, tree incurs, hounds, whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm not bashing it. The, the Wade, Wade Hildebrand's dog ain't going a mile to get treed just a tree. No, sir. A dog is not going to go 500 yards just a tree. Now, if you make three trees and th- 300 yards, I mean, it. It could have them, but after a while, I start getting suspicious. Right. So you know, I, I kind of like to like to see them personally. I don't know. I... Well, you just you just said a name, and I got to ask you something, Wade Hildebrand. You know, he we 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 didn't get to talk about all my dogs a while ago because I'm a man that's had way more dogs than I should have, but he never even knew it, and he got me turned on to the feist dogs at one point in my life. And uh, in my mind, and I sure hate for uh, for Wade to hear this and smile whenever he does listen to it. (laughs) In my mind, Wade Hildebrand's one of the best dog men in our game. And everybody says, oh, it's him and his daddy. And it is because that's what makes a good dog man. 
they say his daddy is amazing with a dog. And yeah, I think you need to try to get weighed on one of your podcasts. And even with them stupid looking glasses on and them camouflage pants. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to talk him into it. But the problem is I don't know that I got enough beeps. I don't, it might take longer to edit it than it does record it. Well, look, I had to practice for 20 minutes before you called by not using the beepers. Well, because I just knew it was going to be, you know, because when I get to talking a lot, my my lips get very loose a lot of times. Well, I think you kind of work in a business to where, like I work in, to where it's a bunch of alpha males, but I've luckily I've got young kids. So I can right. turn it off pretty quick, but my <laughs> wife always can tell when I'm on the phone with a coworker because it's wild. It's just like I turn a switch back on and, uh, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I, I don't know that it's good or bad that I can turn it off so quick, but, uh, yeah, anyway, but Wade, I mean, he's been doing it for so long, man. I don't know. I, I want to get him on. I'm going to get him on. I told my buddy the other day that I might just show up into nsd world and get him and him and shane mason and somebody else and let's just start telling stories because they're all storytellers oh they are and look like when wade when i guess even probably facebook was just really taking off he has a dog and he still has her unless she's died this year and her her name was showstopper sassy and i'd watch them videos of him on facebook and he had her he force broke her to to retrieve everything back and right now every dog at my house retrieves every squirrel because of watching that and watching wade and you know i didn't know him from adam and i started reaching out to him and come to find out we we have kind of the same business that we're in i'm an i'm an electrician he's a lineman so you know and we got to talking and i bought a puppy off of him that was a litter mate to his diesel dog except a litter later and uh when i tell you that was a phenomenal dog that ran over in my yard she as far as a a dog can be a man's friend that was my best friend she went everywhere i went with her but same thing i taught her to retrieve and uh you know just i really get a lot out of weight i i I pick on him a bunch and i i know he's cocky and that's what even makes me like him this past year uh I think Chris and them had a, a pro hunt in Mississippi and I made it past the first round and I drew Chris in the second round and he grew, he drew, uh, Oh, I can't remember who he drew, but I told him, I said, listen, I'm fixed to go out here and make short work of Chris Knight. So what I want you to do is go out in that parking lot and practice falling down because I will be out there in a minute to finish kicking. And he laughed, but anyway, Chris Knight made short work of me. We we had a circle tree contest, and he beat me by a circle tree. So him and Wade got to hunt it off. Yeah, and Wade ended up winning that hunt. He did. He did. His dog but, got over a mile out of pocket, and they ended up going, finding, going to him, and he had a squirrel. Well, like you was talking about, I don't, we, we were finna get back to your dogs, but I hadn't. I didn't know that retrieving was a thing. We always grew up. You'd have to chase the gum dogs to get the, the squirrel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And I saw so Shane easy. Mason's YouTube videos of Traveler retrieving them. Yeah, and yeah. I was amazed with it. Which now, 
Mine absolutely hates a squirrel. You let him have it too long, which I, I created this habit. I figure if uh if he trees them for me and I get back, I always, after I skin them, I'll throw one of the what's leftovers out there and he eats them whole. And he abs- <laughs> I figure if he can tree them for me, I'll let him have one, but he absolutely will devour one. I make them all mad, Cody. Whenever we finish hunting every time, I'll take one out of my vest and I'll throw it on the ground until I'm dead and I make them pick it up. And if we're a hundred yards or three miles from the buggy, I make them carry it all the way out for me. Just one. I make them carry it out every time. Really? Yeah. That's pretty (laughs) neat. (laughs) Well, mine would tote it out, but it'd be in his belly. (laughs) So what dogs, uh, I know we kind of jumped around, but what dogs kind of made an impact that we hadn't talked about? You know, is there any of that worth noting? Obviously, you went into a feist. You got a feist at one time. You apparently was nice. The feist dog was was exceptional. She just never really got to do a lot of life. I guess she made it to two years old, but uh, she was a real squirrel dog. And like I say, there was if I if I remember right, when Diesel was born, uh, I think a coyote got in there and killed all the puppies but Diesel. And that's why Wade raised him. And then when this litter was born, I only know of my Betsy Ross puppy. And then there's a guy here at home that has another puppy off of it. And there was maybe one or two more. I don't know what happened to them, but I think it ended up being our two left. And my Betsy dog was a, I mean, if I would have competition and hunted her, she was the real deal. You could, she could get gone five, 600 yards from you and fall treed. And you could have another dog or two or three dogs and kill their squirrels and, and take you 30 minutes to get to her. And she was there with the squirrel every time I say every time, 90% of the time, she was a very fun, independent vice. And, she was off of uh, his his the 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 dog I was just telling you about, Sassy and Slick, which comes from Jody Mo. Yeah, that was one of Jody's best reproducing dogs, I think. That's correct. And then I bought another puppy from Wade. Uh, her name is Classy. I named her after Sassy, and she was off of I'm gonna say two of the best squirrel dogs, killing dogs there is, and that was Sassy. And Lee Langley's gator dog. Yes. And I, I ended up with one of them puppies. And just to show you how genetics can work and all, probably the sorriest, sweetest dog I ever had in my life. My neighbor has her right now. She's right up. She's not even a mile from my house. And she just never fit the bill for me. She never turned it on like a feist usually does. And, um, the others that I had off of that jilp were phenomenal. I tell Wade every time I see him, if you ever breed old girl again, you put me first on the list. I don't care what it costs. Really? Yes. Huh. So the feist, those feist are about Gracie size, ain't they? Yeah. Um, matter of fact, the Betsy Ross jilp I had was just about the same size as Gracie. And, uh, look, you can look back on some of my regular Facebook videos from, from several years back. Uh, man, them dogs are fun to hunt. And this is what I say about a feist dog. They're just loyal. They want to make you happy. When you walk out of the house, they want to make you happy. I have a dog here right now that came from Jody. 
and his name is either Randy Jean or Randy James. If he's good, my wife calls him Randy Jean, and if he's uh, a holy terror, he gets called Randy James. He's the neighborhood <laughs> knock-up dog. <laughs> they squirrel dogs all over the place over here. Huh? Hey, man, I'm telling you, when you walk outside, Randy will be treed. If you go outside 10 times a day, five or six times, he's going to be treed uh, behind my house. And a lot of times he'll come up missing. He won't be, he'll be gone. I got a preacher friend lives up the road. And a few months ago, he said, uh, you've been missing Randy this week. I said, yeah, but I figure he's up to no good. He'll be back. He said, no, no, I come and got him. He's in my pen. I'm breeding gyps with him right now. I laughed. I said, that's bad when the neighborhood <laughs> dog gets scheduled out for dates. But, oh, that's funny. Hey. But no, as far as my dog, Cody, that's pretty much, I mean, that wraps them up besides a bunch of brew gyps and young dogs that I've started through the years and sold. And I've sold a lot of good started dogs. I was wanting to touch on that. You, you breed and you have a lot of nice young dogs and puppies that come through your area. And is, is there a, do you, how do you go about getting rid of the puppies? Do you sell them? Do you have a list? If people, no, mean, I've never done the list thing. I, uh, I usually put my baby puppies on Facebook. Uh, and, you know, of course, we can't sell them there. We just mention them there. Yeah. And baby puppies sell pretty good. But the started ones, I, I have I have several customers through the years. And I think I could probably never advertise another one and just pick the phone up and call. Uh, I got a good friend just out of Simsport, Louisiana. And, he uh he's bought two or three dogs from me and uh and then when i'm talking dogs they don't like you know they don't they don't want competition dogs they want dogs that's been hunted and knows how to kill and and force fetch and you know hauled around hauled in the back of a truck like rednecks do and using dogs and you know it's funny you can kind of name your price for them dogs it, it's people want them they're good squirrel dogs and that's that's what I like fooling with, and that's what I like selling. Well, it's such a tricky, tricky thing because, and I understand both sides of it. I have so many people that have messaged me and called me and this and that and saying, man, I, I'm wanting a nice squirrel dog, and, but I can't seem to find one. And the problem is, is the breeders want you to give the dog a chance. And if, if your dog trees, if you sell a dog to Joe Blow or give a dog to Joe Blow and he don't ever post a post of it on Facebook, it don't really help what you're trying to accomplish. It does not help in that market. That's right. And, but, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, so so I, I understand it, and, and especially like my gunner dog. I'm, I would like for people that's going to get them, give them a chance and actually promote them because – I want to see if he's going to be able to reproduce. He should. All the breeding and bloodlines and all that should line up. But if they don't ever go to somebody's hands, it's going to give them time. So I understand both sides of it. So I, I, don't, I don't know if what's your opinions of it. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, people are funny. You know, uh, let's just take right now. I, uh, right, Ten minutes before you called me to do this, I was on the phone with a guy from Mississippi. Don't know him from Adam. He got my number from somebody. And he said, I understand you have a squirrel dog. I said, yes, sir. I got several of them. I said, what are you looking for? I don't have many for sale, but I do have two that I would sell. And he said, I, I want a finished dog. I said, well, I got a gyp seven years old. 
she's blue. I bought her from a guy in East Texas last year. He was, uh, it's a long story. Anyway, I bought the jip from him. And uh, I think you can kill all the squirrels you want to kill with her. I think on the last day this year, me and Max Bonnet and a good friend of mine, Trevor Aldridge, we go every year and only hunt with 22s. And we just have a field day of it this year. And I, I think we killed 24 and three coons with her this year on the on the last day wow. and and you know so she treats as many daytime coons as she does squirrels and i said a man said what do you want for us i, I want four thousand dollars for her. and you know some people in january she's gonna go up a thousand dollars and she'll sell with no problem mm-hmm. and he told me today whoo that's a little much for me and i was like okay all right get into deer hunting it's a lot cheaper i mean cost yeah. you 10 tons of corn a year at 400 cost you a new rifle you got to have a brand new z71 to deer hunt you can't do it in an old beat-up truck and uh you know so to me it's like anything else there's a market for for every one of these kind of dogs that we have well i i just i wish there was an easy way to be like look you know it would be nice if we had some sort of system like how much do you hunt because i don't want to give you a dog i'm trying to see if it's gonna this dog's reproducing and you let out the pen twice this year. You know what I mean? It, it just, oh. and that's the thing. A lot of people frown on people promoting their dogs on Facebook, but guess what? I can tell you how often somebody's hunting. I can tell you what their dog's doing, how their dog looks in the video. Obviously everybody's not going to put terrible videos on, on there, but if somebody's posting pretty regular, well, their dog's doing something right. Pretty regular. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, you know, like in 16, 17, and 18, man, I was an internet man. I loved that internet. I, 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 I was, that's, Facebook was just getting cool to me. And I got a buddy that's a game warden. He showed up here at my house one day, and he said, hey, bud. He said, uh, killing lots of squirrels, I see, huh? And I was like, well, how do you know I'm killing squirrels? He said, all I'm going to tell you is quit posting the amount of squirrels you're posting on Facebook with only two or three of y'all. And I'm not saying we were killing too many or, or not enough, but my point is that internet is really, it's helped the squirrel world a lot. Uh, it hurts it in some ways because of some of the racket and, but, but it helps the sales. It, it helps a lot of stuff, you know, it helped me make sure that I learned how many squirrels at eight, to one man averaged out and putting that on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying yeah. is it's not ideal to put 40 on there and only two people. Two people. That's people. not good numbers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's not good numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you figure out how to do the math pretty quick. And, and I <laughs> wish that there was a good way, man. I, I guess there's, you know, and I've told a lot of people, I said, look, you know, I've had people that, was like, man, I want one of these out of this dog. And I'm like, number one, what do you want to do with it? And they're like, I want a pleasure hunt. I just want to kill squirrels. I'm like, you don't want a dog out of that dog. Why not? And I said, so you want a dog that's going to go six, 700 yards every time you cut it loose to go get treed? Well, not really. I'm like, well, that's what that dog was bred to do. That, that's know, right. They're and getting listen, these high-end right. competition dogs, and they're wanting a pleasure hunt. And I, they just don't understand. You know, they don't understand that aspect of it. And I understand they're all not going to do that. You know, you talk about all this, like we was talking earlier 
when I made the joke about devil being out of the thunder lady dog. I mean, let's be real here. I, I, I that was strictly a joke. So if I hurt any feelings or stepped on toes, I was joking. But my point is people have made this dog paper thing so crazy right now. I mean, if you break it down, what, what is a cur dog? What is a cur dog? Read up on it. I mean, it's a dog that came from wherever and it had a little of this and a, a uh, little of red wolf and a little of that in it. Uh, look at the look at the original ghetto's jukebox dog. Uh, I know y'all had the podcast, and if you put two and two together, whenever you listen to that podcast, he was probably one of the best squirrel dogs ever. And if I if I put it together right, when they got that dog, there was no such thing as a registered dog. You know, he was hmm. probably accepted in, yep. is what I'm saying, and. I think it said maybe an Indian man had him or I don't remember yeah. the story exactly now, but it was like, you know, why do we all worry so much about these papers and the, they all, they're all from a bunch of trash at some point. Well, and like you say, we do this breeding and we breed them up and we breed them to be fast and to be long distance and have big lungs. And, you know, I mean, that's a lot of stuff you want in dogs. I think the upside and, and actually, the problem is they need to be accurate, is if they were accurate and this dog did come out of this dog and it's crossed good, ideally, that blood across another similar bred dog would make good crosses. But if they've got a bunch of papers hung on them, then you don't know if it's actually the same blood that you're crossing. Right. You know, Cody, I came from a big family. And I, I have the Razor Dog, and I also have a Jukebox Dog, which is a full sister to Jukebox Siri, and his name is Jukebox Trip, and he's as ugly as homemade soap. <laughs> but I bought him, and I've been crossing him a little bit on some stuff, and I have two baby puppies here right now off of him that I'm going to get started, and they're Blue Brennel puppies. But here's where I'm going with this. You, you see so many people now, this is where the big family part comes in. You're going to like this. Uh, you see so many people using the word line breeding or inbreeding. Okay. Oh man, they've got tank six times. They got Hummer four times. They got uh, Bud and Liz 11 times. Listen, when I used to, I, I, this big family I had, my mama used to always tell me like when I was 15 or 16, don't sleep in your girl cousin's room. And I never knew what that meant. But now <laughs> that I'm seeing all these dogs and some of them are just plum crazy, I think I know what she was after. You know, I mean, it was, <laughs> I think you can get these dogs too tight. And that's why I've kind of slipped out and got me some of this jukebox stuff. And I'm going to cross it on some of this Hummer stuff. And I think they're all great, but I do think you can get too tight at some point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's ever a right or a wrong or a, if it works, it works. And if it don't, it don't. And if we stop trying to better it, this is eventually going to be pretty much all, you know, the same dogs. So, yeah, I'll hit on one more thing on that and I'll leave you alone about it. I bought the highest percentage Pocahuana stud horse in Louisiana. And if my numbers are accurate, he was the third highest percentage Pocahuana stud horse in the United States. This has been about 2006 or seven. And so I instantly went to buying 
a lot of these high percentage Pocahuayna mares and I was turning them out and I was breeding to him. And I got a friend that is a excellent horseman, probably the best horseman I know. He lives in the wrong state. He ought to live in Stephenville, Texas, training horses. And he came to my house one day and I said, well, look at this mare. She's uh, 43% and this one's 38%. We're going to breed them back to the old horse. And, you know, he's 47%, whatever it was. And he said, I want you to stop and think about something for a second. He said, uh, those football players in the 70s, could they run fast? And I said, well, yeah, 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 yeah. They run fast. He said, now, now, wait a minute. Let's compare them to today's football players. Can they run fast? And I said, no, uh-uh. He said, well, why are you trying to invent something that's already been here? Because from generation to generation, they get faster, they get more athletic, and they get better. And I sat and I thought about it, and that was the last time I made many, uh, many Pocahuayna to Pocahuayna crosses on real tight horses. I got to thinking, you got to have an outcross somewhere. And, and I still believe that in every bit of dogs and people and horses, you know, every animal, every mammal, I think you have to have some outcrosses here and there. And that's why, that's why I've started putting some of this jukebox and some of this Hummer together. All right, Deucey, what else do you want to talk about? You got anything you want to talk about? Cause I've kind of, I'm almost, I'm almost hoarse. I've hadn't talked this much <laughs> in 10 years, I don't think, but I've really enjoyed my conversation with you. Yes, sir. And and I didn't know if you wanted to give anybody a shout out while we was on here. I know we've shouted out several people already, but I didn't know if anybody wanna give well, a shout you know, out. Cody, most people don't like me enough to for me to shout back at them. So we'll just leave it here between us. How's that sound? Well, that that I'm good with that. <laughs> I, Showtime dog food. Yes, they're good to me. Showtime dog food and uh your hunt coming up. Y'all need to go is it November seventeenth and eighteenth? No, I don't think it's full yet. Uh, I think, of course, I've got my three entries, and uh, my man Max Bonnet, he'll be in it uh, with me, and me, and I think Jared Hughes is probably going to get my other spot. So we got six, we got six spots available, and then I think I saw another name or two on it last week when I looked. But for everybody listening, remember that that day is the nine dog hunt. The next day is that's a nine dog LMC pro hunt. That's what it is. And then the next day is the Louisiana LMC state hunt. And if my dates are correct, the weekend before that, maybe, no, it may be October 14th. Jared Hughes is having an LMC hunt. And then the weekend after that, they're having the state LMC hunt in Hazen. With all that being said, the only other LMC hunt that I see on the books is in Michigan. So if a person could come to our state hunt, the Hazen State Hunt, and Jared Hughes's hunt, very easily could win Dog of the Year. Uh, very, very easily. And I'm sure there'll be some more hunts then. But like last year, when I won the state hunt, if we would have had, I think, one more entry, it double pointed or however that works, I would have out of one dog of the year by winning the state hunt. And uh, I think I ended up winning second. Didn't even know anything about it until after it was there. So man could win dog of the hunt and go to the LMC world. Uh, you know, I, I told you I was going to get off, but I do want to promote that LMC. 
and it's not because it's against any other association. I'm just a cur dog man, and I like every association, UMCA, OMCBA, Kimmers, uh, LMC, everything that's for a cur dog, I'm all about. You know, and I asked Jimmy the other day, why aren't we having more LMC hunts? Why, why are we not? And he said, well, think about it. Most of the dogs were not skill competition dogs that were LMC in. They were just registered dogs, and now we're finally getting enough dogs to have some hunts. And I'd never thought of that. I was like, man, this, this association's going away before it gets here. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's going to be the, the association of the future. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I could see it being big in the future. And uh, I might have to dip my toes in there eventually. But Yeah, I know. I know. It is what it is. So. It is what it is, buddy. Yeah, we, we uh, like every organization out there, we're not singling out any. We'll hunt USDC and NSD, and we want to promote them all, OMCBA. So. Everything dog-related. Yes, I, I see in Louisiana right now up in some of the northwestern parishes, I believe, they're trying to outlaw some more dog hunting. You know, and, and about 12 years ago, that was a big thing here at home. They did away with the deer hunting on government woods. Now they're trying to do away with more of it up in a couple different parishes. And I see that the attendance was going to be, I, I believe tonight, and I may be wrong, I believe tonight was the meeting. They had to reschedule and postpone because so many dog hunters have stuck together and was going to show up at that meeting that they have to find a bigger place to hold the meeting. And I love it. Good for them. I'm glad somebody's standing up. Yes, sir. So, ah, well, Mr. Ducey, I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to get you on the podcast, and maybe we can fill up that LMC hunt, go to the NSD app, put your name down. Uh, you know, we're just trying to promote dog hunting, and I look forward to seeing you in the future. All right, and I thank you for your time, Cody. I, I enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. All right goodbye. Bye.